Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, Before we get to Tim, I think I am so jaded, and I am jaded about politics, that I'm not fully appreciating this scandal that is unspooling today. With Senator Bob Menendez, who's the chair of the Foreign Relations Committee, one of the most powerful committees in all of our government. Mm-hmm. And he was taking so much money from the Egyptians, who we give who we give so much money and weapons to. I'm looking at the pictures of the 13 gold bars they found in his closet. Actual gold bars. What's a gold bar worth? $566,000 in cash stuffed in envelope, envelopes that he had in various drawers. He's the chair of the Foreign Relations Committee. Forget about it. Being paid off by a country that we give billions of dollars to and weapons and everything like that. This is a giant scandal. Wow, wow, wow. It's almost as if... An immense federal government where trillions of dollars flow through D.C. is a a magnet for thieves. Who would have guessed that? Huh? Anyway, we'll certainly be following that story. What are you going to do with an Egyptian gold bar? What, are you going to take it down to the car dealership and buy a car? I'd like to pay for it. Can I get change for this? I'd like to pay for it with this. I don't know what one does with gold bars for fairly obvious reasons. Uh, so, so much to talk about with uh, Tim Sandifer, Vice President for Litigation, the Goldwater Institute. Tim's uh, latest book, Freedom's Furies, How Isabel Patterson, Rose Wilder Lane, and Ayn Rand Found Liberty in the Age of Darkness, in an Age of Darkness. There are many ages of darkness. Um, it, and it's especially fabulous because it, it shows you uh, a, a facet of American history nobody ever talks about. In the 20th century, how enamored progressives were with totalitarians. And on that note, perhaps uh, introduce our crusader for liberty, Tim Sandifer. Hey, Tim. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. And as I always like to point out, referred to as a national treasure by George Will of the Washington Post, Tim Sandifer. But fortunately, I'm not in a senator's closet like other treasures. 
Right. That's gold <laughs> bars. Wow. That is old school. Anyway. I guess you go in there with a pocket knife and like skim off a few shavings and use <laughs> right. those to go buy gas or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I exactly. guess. I-, I wonder if he actually had those sacks of money with dollar signs on them. <laughs> I would you know, swim like... in them like Scrooge McDuck. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, well, let's get down to business. Uh, There has been a a seemingly large victory recently in Maricopa County. That's uh, Phoenix, essentially, Arizona, where a judge has said enough with the junkie camps. Can you explain to folks what happened? Yeah, so this is a lawsuit that's been going on for quite a while now because of the city purposely creating an open-air homeless shelter, so to speak, in the streets of downtown Phoenix, where over a thousand people at a time have resided in tents right on the streets, and that the city has been transporting homeless people to this area and then just saying, do what you want, we're not going to enforce the law, which of course has been destroying the local businesses, ruining people's homes in the area. It's been leading to, there's been arson, there have been uh, dead bodies found in this area, all these sorts of, you know, sewage in in the streets. So there, a, a group of them filed a lawsuit, and what happened earlier this week was a trial judge in Maricopa County has declared that the city has be, is, is maintaining a public nuisance and must clear up the area before November 4th. That means remove all the tents and get rid of the sewage and stop allowing the law-breaking in this area of get, the city. Get rid of the sewage is a uh, sanitized way to explain what was going on there. Yeah. And, you know, Arizona law, like most states, prohibits the people from polluting in a, in a way that will run off into the local rivers and things. And here in Phoenix, you know, we have when we get a rainstorm, man, it's a huge flash flood rainstorm. It swashes all of this stuff. Polluting yet another lawyerly highfalutin way of saying people are crapping on the streets. Exactly. That's right. And and on the sides of people's buildings on their home, one, our client in, in the case actually had to re- replace the windows in his building because the urine was so bad that it had rotted away the seals on all of their windows. Whoa, that's gross. Now, the reason this has been going on is not just because the city has been refusing to enforce the law, but the, when you ask the city, they say, well, our hands are tied because the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals has issued a couple decisions that say that it's unconstitutional for us to arrest people for sleeping on the streets if there are not enough shelter beds in homeless shelters to give them a place to stay for the night. Now, it is true. The Ninth Circuit issued the, a couple rulings, one called Martin versus Boise, another one called Johnson versus Grants Pass, that both do say that it's unconstitutional for the government to arrest people for sleeping on the streets if they can't help it. And they define can't help it as there aren't enough shelter beds available. And worse than that, the, the, the ruling actually excludes from the count any shelter beds at churches. They say any any shelter beds that uh, that churches are operating, those are religious. Those not secular. Those don't count when you count wow. how many shelter beds. So are. so outlawing any Christian charity or church charity. That's fantastic. And basically ruling out the number one source of yeah. homeless shelters. Right. Anyway, so the the big story here really is that that one of those cases, the Grants Pass case, ha- the people have have now asked the U.S. Supreme Court to take up that case. 
And in the ruling that this judge in, in Phoenix issued, he urges the U.S. Supreme Court to take up that case. He says to the extent that a state trial judge could have any influence on the U.S. Supreme Court's decision to review a lower court ruling, this judge respectfully urges the Supreme Court to review that ruling and overrule it because it has caused so much chaos in the Western states yeah. because cities see it as an excuse to not enforce laws against loitering and camping and so forth. Well, I was just going to ask, Tim, uh, you know so much more about this than we do. Uh, given the unbelievable negative effects of that, uh, uh, you know, I usually cite the Boise ruling, but Grants Pass as well. Um, how has the Supreme Court not looked into this, particularly given its current makeup? The court has this long-standing tradition of allowing things to to develop in the lower courts before it takes up an issue and sometimes an important issue gets postponed for years before the u.s supreme court finally decides to take it up but i don't see how they could possibly refuse to take up the issue at this point it has caused so much chaos or i mean that's a little bit unfair because to be fair to the ninth circuit there the martin case and the grants pass case both say that cities can still enforce laws against camping in the streets at least under certain circumstances and so what's actually happening here in phoenix is that the city officials are using these cases as an excuse to not do their job and it's uh-huh. a colorable excuse it's a, you know it's it's not a totally crazy interpretation of those cases but it's really the fault of local officials who are refusing to take action because it's politically unpopular. They want us, you know, the, oh, we have to build housing first, all these sorts of excuses. And these these Ninth Circuit rulings are convenient excuses to refuse to take action. Well, since you follow the Supreme Court so closely in the thinking of all the justices, what do you think they would do with this issue? Oh, I think they would definitely overturn it because the, the logic is crazy. What the Ninth Circuit says is a person is involuntarily homeless if there aren't shelter beds available for them that the government provides. And therefore, it's cruel and unusual punishment to arrest them for sleeping on the streets. This is crazy logic. By this logic, if I were to go to a bar and get drunk and then drive home drunk from the bar, it's not my fault because the government didn't hire me an Uber. Mm, you know, right. the, the whole theory here is that people are, are incapable of controlling themselves unless the government steps in and controls them for them. And then they're, otherwise, they're just they're helpless little waifs who couldn't possibly take action. It's, it's a crazy way of looking at the world, although, you know, there are a lot of people who ideologically just think that you can't run your own life without the government stepping in to hold your hand all the time. Right. You know, I just thought that um, because of the enormous human cost of so many of these uh, junkie camps, as I generally refer to them, because addiction is the number one reason for most of these people being on the street. And certainly not exclusively, but it is. they are just dens of drug addiction. But the, the number of overdose deaths has shocked the conscience of every American over the last several years. I can't believe, maybe, do the Supreme Court justices not get the nexus between drug addiction and homelessness? I, th- I think that the, the Ninth Circuit, <laughs> you know, it's the Ninth Circuit, and their view is that, you know, these people need to be treated in, in, a, in some other fashion. We shouldn't arrest them. We shouldn't involuntarily uh, uh, take them and, and move them somewhere else and these sorts of things. And this is a sort of false compassion. They think that they're that, that well, we don't want to be cruel to these people. OK, so 
your alternative is to let them sleep on the streets and not just sleep on the streets, but for well over a year now in Phoenix, Arizona, where in the summer it gets 120 degrees. And, and, and during the pandemic, this is what you think is com- is a, a more compassionate alternative than put, than getting these people treatment, even if it might be, quote, involuntary treatment. And that, that logic escapes me. Well, then and the angle I always bring up is how about compassion for taxpayers and business exactly. owners? So is there any way to have the law be leaning toward uh how about my right to live in this neighborhood and and go to my local park and not be afraid or not have junkies in the doorway of my business so i can operate totally right absolutely the the real victims here of of what phoenix has done i mean the, the homeless have suffered badly enough but on on top of that the real victims are the innocent taxpaying property owners and business owners in this area the new york times a while back profiled one of the business owners the guy who runs a really well-known uh, sandwich shop who's i mean not only have has it there been the pollution not only do people just not come there anymore because they don't want to be around that, i like the way you but, call human crap pollution but go on <laughs> but the people but a lot of homeless people are coming into the business harassing and endangering the employees he has to then he's he's basically being drafted into being a psychological counselor for people with mental problems and drug addiction right because the government refuses to come in and do its job now what are the alternative there is actually a proposal that we've been working on that says if the government fails to do its job under these kinds of circumstances and it destroys the value of your property, the government should compensate you for the loss of property value because they're the ones mm. at fault for ruining your property. And we will have more to say on that once we've developed more of, uh, uh-huh. along those lines. Really interesting. Tim Sandifer, Vice President for Litigation at the Goldwater Institute. Uh, Tim, I came across a, an article in the USA Today, surprisingly, about a woman who was being denied the right to open a business because she wasn't uh, able to get one of those certificates of necessity. Is that what they're called? Yeah, that's right. They're, these are basically permit laws that say they, they don't have anything to do with whether you are capable or whether you have the education required. It doesn't have anything to do with that. These are laws that say you have to first get permission from all of the competitors who are already in that industry before you're allowed to start a business. And guess what? They usually say no because they don't want economic competition. And these kinds of laws they are called con laws, appropriately enough. These kinds of laws apply to everything from moving companies to medical clinics in this country. And it's totally insane and, in my view, totally unconstitutional. Yeah, well, we'll have more on that to come. Uh, we appreciate the time very much. Yeah, Keep fighting great. the good fight. That was great. Yeah, uh, you know, sometimes I think sanity might have a chance. Not often, but occasionally. You are an American uh, well, treasure. I'll tell you guys, the law, the law part is my job. The sanity part, that's your job. Uh, well, God help America. Uh, <laughs> effluvium is my favorite word for uh, human waste, by the way. It's so musical. Uh, Tim Sandifer, good to talk to you, Tim. Thanks, bud. Thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah, I appreciate him. You know, he probably, you know, he's hoping to be on uh, some circuit court or the Supreme Court or something someday. He can't go on radio shows talking about crap and poop. I mean, he's got to use... poop everywhere. I saw a guy pooping. <laughs> no, no, that's not his style. Exactly. We've got more on the way. Stay here. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. 
comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The fact that the chair of the Foreign Relations Committee was getting hundreds of thousands of dollars, who knows, maybe millions total, from a foreign country that we give billions to in military aid is really quite the scandal. The Senator Bob Menendez, including gold bars and cash and all kinds of different things. We got more on that coming up. I'm looking at a big old stack of Benjamins. (laughs) Holy cow. So they saw this coming, apparently. She, his wife, it's a, that's its own interesting story. Um, uh, maybe we'll get into. She sold off a whole bunch of the gold bars just recently as they saw which direction this the wind was blowing. And one of those uh, storefronts that says we buy and sell gold, <laughs> you go in with a bar. Anyway, hey, we need to squeeze this in. It's time to take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. Three, two, one, lift off. I mean, as we evolve our institutions. I've heard young leaders talk with me about a, a term they've coined called climate anxiety. I want to stay focused on you about all of this. Tell well, me I'd what, like you to, but you keep me. interrupting me. But then you know what you can do? Not use public facilities. 
You go for the nerd. If he owns a lightsaber, green flag. Film me. I'm Instagram famous, you bum. People like boobs. For some on social media and beyond, the design resembles an inappropriate body part on the rear end. That's in a completely different hemisphere, for heaven's sakes. I mean, come on now. So, I just rode a parachute down to the ground. Okay, and what caused the fall? Uh, I don't, re- I don't, I don't recollect the answer to that question. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you don't heart? recollect? You people are psychos. What's the matter with you? The vice president is the best person to be on the ticket with Joe Biden in 2024. Do you? Of course she is. Biden-Harris administration. Certain principles of our international system are sacrosanct. What in the world is this? The relationships I had were absolutely always consensual. I was always transparent about that then. Almost too transparent. This border crisis is the worst it's ever been. What do you call it here at the White House when 10,000 people illegally cross the border? No, 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 you can't. I'm answering, okay, we're going to move on. No, 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 we're moving on. We're at our limit. If you're going to leave your country, go somewhere else. I am told that the replay of Nick Chubb getting injured is not to be seen. Yeah, it's, we're not going to show it. I was in the, uh... In the bathroom taking a shave. How many yachts can they need, you know, to, to, yacht, to water? Uh... If they get one, will you? If they get one, we have to get one. I can imagine what can be and be unburdened by what has been, you know? So Joe, I think, correctly chose for our new mumbling old man Biden clip this. Now, he has to evolve our institutions. Because that's pretty good. What the hell was he trying to say there? Definitely now, he insti- institutions. Well, yeah, institutions. Institutions at the end, but one more time. Now, he has to evolve our institutions. No, seriously, I have no idea. Right. Well, and as we learned earlier today, Biden was given a speech, and he told the same old chestnut of a story twice in the same speech, seemingly unaware that he had just told the story. That's rough. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, uh, time to turn out the lights. There's no doubt. You, you want to put him down? <laughs> no, I mean, no, no. On the idea that he's going to run again. Great oh, Scott. Okay. okay. What? Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver. And this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The indictment alleges that Hannah, Uribe, and Davies provided bribes in the form of cash, gold, home mortgage payments, a low-show or a no-show job for Nadine Menendez, a Mercedes-Benz, and other things of value to the senator and his wife. God, you'd think with all that money that Senator Menendez's wife could have afforded longer skirts. And uh, not have to have the material end right there, just barely above your, below your yoo-hoo. But, oh, uh, that's a shame, poor gal. She, she's being charged in the bribery scheme also. So the Senator Menendez, who we had a lot of fun with back in 2015, the last time he got charged with being a crook, and he clearly was, but he got away with it, he was the chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee back then. When he was helping these various models get into the country and everything like that for his friend who was flying him around, um, he stepped down briefly from chair of the federal, uh, the, the 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 foreign relations committee because of all this stuff going on, and then he reassumed that recently. That is one of the most powerful positions you can get into all of government. John Kerry was that. Joe Biden was that. That's something you aspire to if you're a really big time player, because I mean it wields a lot of power. Well, you're a global big time player. Oh heck yeah. And uh, and uh, the Egyptians were willing to reward Senator Menendez for a variety of things he did for them, apparently getting him billions of dollars. We've always given Egypt billions of dollars and lots of uh, military aid, but maybe they got more. I don't know. Uh, but they gave him gold bars and hundreds of thousands. Of he had $566,000 in cash and envelopes in his closets and drawers, according Man, to that the... that is so Breaking Bad slash The Sopranos. I would say, according to the indictment today, and many hundreds of thousands of dollars in gold bars. Now, the New York Post, of course, is 
great on these kind of stories. Or here's another picture of her. Oh, too, yeah. Too bad she can't afford, afford the whole skirt. But um, here's a picture. If I'm flacking for the Egyptians, I'm going to get me some uh, crocodile belts, too. The uh, Here's a picture of the convertible Mercedes that they got her, and they've got all the stuff with the falsified loan. I don't know how you get all this information. I mean, nobody else has it but the post. Was this in the indictment? And other, I don't. Know. Anyway, this has got the uh, the the loan agreement the Egyptians put together and all the false information and everything like that to get Menendez's wife this uh, car. It's got pictures of the very gold bars that she had taken pictures of and sent to a jeweler. And the bars have serial numbers on them. I guess that's the way go. I don't know anything about the way gold bars work, but apparently they have serial numbers on them because you got to be able to I keep track. I think my them. entire experience of gold bars has been from cartoons. <laughs> right. Anyway, and maybe pirate movies or something. She was actually taking pictures of gold bars and sending them to jewelers saying, hey, what will you give me for this? Uh, in recent weeks, as they are trying to unload the gold bars, because you might be able to explain cash. You know, because, you know, everybody's in cash, and then if you're rich already, you might have cash around. Very few people have gold bars hanging around, just that I'm aware of. Yeah, that's that's a different league, definitely. You know, I'm looking at those pictures in the post, too, and uh, that poor girl, not only is she unable to afford the whole skirt, uh, she's probably got back problems from her enormous breasts. Way to go, Bob. You don't at all come off as a New Jersey mobster. Don't worry, you're passing just fine. Nobody suspects anything. <laughs> <laughs> right. No kidding. If it, if it were a TV show and he's a mobbed-up senator helping out uh, Egyptians and uh, mobbed-up uh, criminals in New Jersey, you'd think, well, come on, don't make her look like that. I mean, this. let's not do just a... Uh, a tawdry, stupid CBS evening sort of show. Let's do something with some class. Don't pick her with the yeah, short tone skirts. Tone it down. The way Jiminy. too tan and the giant boobs. That would be ridiculous. And that's his wife, uh, who's also a crook, it would appear, or she's being charged of. Uh, Senator Menendez has released a statement, and I guess, to be fair, we should read that. I remain focused on continuing the important work. <laughs> it's already great. It's already perfect. Oh, boy. Sorry. I'll try to let you get through it. I will remain focused on the important work I do for the state of New Jersey and the Foreign Relations Committee and will not be distracted by these baseless allegations. And I sold my lawnmower to our neighbor for 13 gold bars. So this is all very easily explained. Right. And the hard work of the American people. All right. That's a classic. Way to go. Wait, you know what? He has an appreciation for the classics. <laughs> right. And you'll like this part. I want to get the actual verbiage. Um, Here you go. You knew this was coming. This is because this is the last refuge of scoundrels, right? Unless you're a white yeah. guy, you can't do it. But if you aren't a white guy, what do you do? Give me. Those behind this campaign simply cannot accept that a first-generation Latino American from humble beginnings could rise to be a U.S. senator and serve with honor and distinction. <laughs> oh, that, you know what, ladies and gentlemen? You have just heard the final false charge of racism in America be clowning that awful practice as high as it's possible to be clown something, and uh, way we can get on with our lives now. Your short-skirted, overly tan, big fake boobed blonde wife 
was <laughs> was trying to trade gold bars to a jeweler a week ago. But this is racism, you see. Uh, don't most people have six hundred grand in cash in their uh, closet? I don't trust banks or oh, something. Oh my God! I can't believe he doesn't have too much dignity to to claim this is simply because they, whoever they is, you're a Democrat and a bunch of Democrats. This is a New York DA coming after you. A bunch of Democrats coming after you can't handle a first-generation Latino being a U.S. senator. Oh, yeah, that's that's what it is. You've got to be kidding. Does that help wow. your cause in any way? That's what I would wonder. Does it help your cause in any way? Is there a single person in America, even if you're Hispanic or whatever, that, that thinks, oh, yeah, I'll bet that's it. I'll bet they're going after him because he's Hispanic. You've got to be kidding. The Democrats are? I, I, I could see like some Hispanic activist group saying, yeah, we'll stand up for you for one of them gold bars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they understand the rules of evidence and how that's handled. But, uh, yeah, that that is that is hilarious. I will not be distracted from the good work I'm doing for the state of New Jersey. And besides, it's racism. Can you believe that? Oh, even worse, they see me as an obstacle in their way for broader political goals. I've been falsely accused before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, hung jury on the last no, time. No, you, you weren't. <laughs> you got caught as a crook. Because I refused to back down to the powers that be. And the people of New Jersey were able to see through the smoke and mirrors and recognize I was innocent. The powers that be who are trying to what exactly? Stop well, I guess when you got nothing done. They, well, well, they that, can't that, handle that, seeing sure. a first-generation Latino America, American being a U.S. senator. It makes them sick. Well, I guess he couldn't go with sexism, really, and he's clearly straight, judging by his wife. So a Manhattan um, federal indictment. The, the Democrat politicians of Manhattan who are coming at you can't handle seeing it. Well, yeah. God, it's just... Oh, these people have no... Shame whatsoever. I would no, love to. Oh, I, no. I've been saying this for years. Lots of the characters like this of all different stripes. I would love it if they would just completely come clean in like an Oprah interview or something sometime. And just Jose really, Canseco it. Yeah. Just really lay it out for all of us and say, look, this is this is how it works. This is what it is. This is the way I view it. Y'all think the government's on the up and up? It ain't, all right? Lots of us doing this all the time at all levels. Have been forever. Let me explain some things to you. I wish somebody would do that sometime instead of falling behind the racism crap and whatever. As I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, Ian Bremmer, I believe it was, tweeted this, that the percentage of uh, American citizens who think their government is corrupt is the same as Mexican citizens thinking their government is corrupt. And Everybody knows the Mexican government is corrupt. Uh, ours is corrupt in different ways. Yeah, I wouldn't. But... I wouldn't use a blanket statement like our government is corrupt. But there's a lot of corruption. There's a great deal of corruption in our government. Yeah, and I, you could be accused of splitting rhetorical hairs. But I see your point. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. I just wow. I almost, I almost can't handle the fact that he did that. What, the racist thing? Yeah, that's unbelievable. Well, and to your point, who could even conceivably be swayed by that? (laughs) 
I mean, <laughs> even the wackadoodle Hispanic organizations that we used to talk about a fair amount, but I think they figured, you know, we kind of moved the border anyway, so never mind. We don't have a border, so I guess we'll shut up now. I can't even imagine those wackadoos saying, yeah, yeah, racism. That's why you're accusing him of having all those gold bars he has. And the powers that be, as he called them, this guy's he's almost 70 years old and has been chair of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee for a dozen years and a powerful U.S. senator for a very long time. The powers that be just now got around to creating such a uh, a job of framing him that somehow they got these prosecutors to fake up pictures of gold bars and yeah. Mercedes and envelopes full of cash. Well, it's because of all the fighting against the powers that be that he's been doing through his career. Examples include, uh, I'll have to do some research. Examples include flying in model hotties that were practically teenagers into this country and using his office to grease the skids on the immigration stuff so they could get into the country and be his girlfriends or his friends' girlfriends or whatever. That's what was going on in 2015. Well, now, wait a minute. Now, he did stop the powers that be from investigating his crooked doctor buddy, who is the yeah. biggest thief from Medicare in American history. So he has been fighting the powers that be. Man, uh, by the way, if there are any uh, Egyptian uh, government officials listening, if there's anything I can do for you, you just uh, you know, reach me like, here. Like, uh, like to get me one of them GBs, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I take all sorts of payment. Uh, Venmo, uh, check, uh, gold bar. <laughs> Egypt, it's a lovely place to do business and tourism better than ever in Egypt. A beautiful Egypt, home of uh, lots of Egyptians. The things. Sphinx and whatnot. <laughs> the, the Sphincter. <laughs> um, we got... And those big pyramids. You've seen the big pyramids, right? <laughs> They're in Egypt. Travel to Egypt. Endorsed by the Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> Now send us a GB. We've got more on the way. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The home of the Whopper is offering cash or credit. I think it's pretty bad if you have to use a credit card when you go to a fast food restaurant for something as little as $3.10. Burger King bosses say workers won't have to figure out how much change the customer gets back. I just hope it doesn't slow things down at the cash and carry that people are going to be having to call New York and get the confirmation or, you know, whatever it is. Because when I want a Whopper, I want it now. Just another way to spend money. I'm sure it'll work for people on vacation when they don't have to do something, but I can't imagine it working on a day-to-day -day basis here. A Burger King credit card, and I do like that. People are going to have to do the, uh, we need to have a two-device confirmation code before we can get you your onion rings. Kind of So that was 1993 when Burger King first started accepting credit cards, and people were like, what? That's crazy. And that kind of reminds me of what I've done now. I keep getting these emails from the Cheesecake Factory because I signed up for their, <laughs> I got on their whatever, and I keep getting these Cheesecake Rewards updates. If you're getting <laughs> Cheesecake Rewards emails... You've crossed the line. Ah! Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Cheesecake rewards. <laughs> so we enjoyed this story earlier. You know, the F-35 that crashed sort of mysteriously. Well, it turns out lots of them don't work the way they're supposed to. And there's all kinds of problems with the plane. But the pilot ejected. Plane flies on, crashes somewhere. Luckily, doesn't kill anybody. He lands on the ground, walks to his house and call, walks to a house 
and calls 911. And the 911 call is out, and this is what it sounds like. We have a military jet crash. I'm the pilot. We need to get uh, rescue rolling. I'm not sure where the airplane is. It would have crash landed somewhere. I ejected. How far did he fall? I was at 2,000 feet. Okay. Okay, and what caused the fall? The fall. Uh, an aircraft failure. Okay. Okay, is there any serious bleeding? I, I don't know. I can't see myself. No, you look fine. Okay. You just put the <laughs> He looks fine. What did the other person say? I, I feel okay. My back just hurts. Is that it, Michael? Or is that a pause? I'm trying to figure out if that's it or a pause. It's a hell of a pause. That apparently is it. Okay. So, uh, I'm confused by a lot of this. So, does he really have no other way to get back in touch with the Pentagon or the military or his boss or somebody other than calling 911? Well, he doesn't have a cell phone on him, presumably. Pay phones are kind of not a thing anymore. Right. It's just, I don't know. I've, I would have pictured that if you eject from your plane and float to the ground i don't know you're equipped with a number of different things like don't you have to walkie talkie somebody your location or something or if you land or have and... a button you can push a distress right. signal or yeah something. yeah it's well, i thing. suppose or aren't I suppose you, you think trying. all right i could i'm i'm many dozens of miles away from my base my back hurts i'm gonna ask somebody if i can use their phone call 911 yeah, but if you, for a war you you eject from your plane there's no sort of way to keep track of our pilots i mean you if 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 you know I, oh yeah i think there is for war yeah I, I i admit it's mystifying uh he sounded of sound mind though i'm sure well, i'm sure he is so, well, you have to call 911 you have to be the cream of the crop to get to fly one of those planes are you hurt and yeah, my back kind of hurts <laughs> are you bleeding i don't know i can't see me <laughs> it's kind of an odd answer I, yeah I wonder if he was trying to keep it on the down low because he knew it was going to be kind of an embarrassing situation. I was in a car wreck. A flying car. A hundred million dollar flying car wreck. Yeah. Yeesh. Hey kids, it's that time again. With Armstrong and Getty. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day and indeed the week. Our technical director, Michelangelo, will lead the way. Michael, final thought? Now, that pilot called 911 because he ejected from a plane. This would be like my 911 call. Uh, Yeah, I stepped on a Lego and cut open my foot. Could you send somebody out? (laughs) Uh, Katie Green, our esteemed newswoman, a final thought? I went to Safeway yesterday and ended up having a sneezing fit in one of the aisles right next to a woman that was wearing a mask, and she turned oh. her head so hard she almost broke her neck, and then she clenched her mask, oh, and I laughed yeah. so hard. <laughs> oh, laughing at the spread of disease. Absolutely. Sick. Jack, final thought for us? I'm hoping that between Hunter and Joe and this Senator Menendez thing and a bunch of other stories have happened through the years that... We become less tolerant of this kind of in the gray area corruption. I mean, this sounds like this is 
way into the black area or red area corruption, depending on how you're looking at it. But we got to be so, quit being so okay with influence peddling in our government. Uh, I agree completely. Here's a question for you. Is there a full-length mink coat involved in this case at any point? Oh, there's got to be. Yeah, there's got to be. Absolutely. Uh, My final thought is that the uh, F-35 first flew in 2006. Uh, It has been the subject of a great deal of concern, scrutiny, and criticism for its unprecedented size, complexity, ballooning costs, and much delayed deliveries. Boy, the way it can land vertically like a helicopter though and then take off like a fighter jet is really cool if you've ever seen the videos armstrong and getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday so many people to thank so little time go to armstrongandgetty.com we have all sorts of great hot links for you there you can email us if you see something we ought to be talking about over the weekend go to mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com we'll see you monday god bless america Armstrong and Getty. This is a beautiful moment. I mean, this is the sort of original sin. Th- this is a joke. It's cold. Uh, okay. Enough talk. Do you understand? No, he doesn't evolve our institutions. I don't get it. No comprende, as they would say in China. You know what I'm saying? Now, I know you guys are having fun playing your game. When it comes on for you to go, you have to go. Have a great Friday, you mother... The Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.